So I've got a basket here on the table this morning. Some of you might have baskets that look like this sitting at home. And, and it's nice to have a basket full of goodies. So let's see what's inside it. Um, here's a little stuffed bunny rabbit, Easter egg kind of thing. That's kind of nice to have. Um, oh, one of my favorites, a strawberry cream egg. You know, those are good. Some peeps, you gotta have peeps at Easter time, right? That's a, that's a big deal. Chocolate Easter bunny, another must have on the, oh, I know this one. This is my wife's favorite chocolate, so I better not touch that one. I better leave that one aside. Uh, oh, look, uh, somebody brought me some hand sanitizer. That always goes well at Easter. <laughs> Uh, here's a Skittles egg, a Skittles egg, and what's down in here? Down in the bottom, what is this? This is, this is kind of unusual, down in the bottom of the basket, amid all of this fun stuff, I found a little Jesus, a little Jesus. And that's kind of the problem with Easter, isn't it? We have all this fun stuff and we have a little Jesus. And it really isn't supposed to be that way around at all, is it? Easter is really all about Jesus. Easter Sunday is about Jesus raised from the dead. It's about the promise of forgiveness of sins and eternal life forever with Jesus. And so we're going to look at the story this morning and maybe look at it with fresh eyes. According to the scripture on Good Friday... Jesus was crucified, and it seemed like an epic fail, a dead savior. And a man named Joseph of Arimathea and another man named Nicodemus, Nicodemus both who were members of the Jewish ruling council, both were kind of secret disciples. And, and they came, and they kind of broke Jewish law by claiming Jesus' body. It said that before the Sabbath, you were not to touch a corpse and yet they came and they took the body of Jesus and they took it and they wrapped it in strips of cloth and, and with spices and herbs according to the Jewish burial customs. And they laid him in a tomb that Joseph had had cut from rock just for himself. And that's where the story ends on Good Friday. Death in a tomb. The death of hope. But we know better. We know that, that Jesus did not stay dead in that tomb. The story continues on the third day on Easter Sunday. If you have your Bible, you might want to follow along with me this morning. I'm looking at Luke's account, starting in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. The men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you why he was, while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. 
be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words, and when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Verse 11 says, the disciples did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. This week I was uh, reading a blog post by an atheist writer, and the name of the blog post was Easter Nonsense. Uh, it's that time of the year again, he wrote, when Christians celebrate God sacrificing himself to himself to save mankind from himself. That's what he wrote. Well, at least he got the title right. That's Easter nonsense. Uh, a lot of people get it wrong. It's not about the bunny. It's not about the fancy bonnets. It's not about parades. It's, it's not about my favorite Cadbury cream eggs, even though I really love them. It's not about that. First and foremost... Easter is about God's love. God created all of us in his image. He wanted to have an ongoing relationship with us. But Genesis tells us that our, our first parents, they made a very bad choice and they chose to do what God did not want them to do. And that set up a pattern, a pattern of rebellion, a pattern of sin, a kind of infection that we call the sin nature. And it was passed generation to generation. And so what happened is, is corruption began to spread. And over time, we humans separated ourselves more and more from God, from our creator. We grew cold in our hearts. Our hearts hardened. God was a lot like a father calling his children, but his children refused to come home. In fact, after a while, it wasn't so much refusal as that we couldn't come home to God by ourselves because we were lost. The Bible teaches us that sin is missing the mark when it comes to God. It's getting off the path that he chose for us to follow. Our sin separates us from a holy God. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Earlier in that same chapter, it says, there is no one righteous, not even one. That is why Jesus went to the cross for us in the first place. Jesus dying on a cross for us, it's all about that sin and getting rid of the barrier that it causes between us and God, and it's about the barrier of death John 3.16 says that God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I know that sometimes it's hard to understand that kind of love that God's showing. 
Uh, it's hard to even believe sometimes that much sacrifice that God would sacrifice his son in that way and that Jesus would do what he did for us on the cross. I mean, why would he do something like that after all? I read about a professor of religion named Dr. Christensen. Uh, he taught at a, at a small college in the West and he taught a required survey course in Christianity at the college. Every college student in their freshman year, they had to do this course. They had to go and be a part of this. And in spite of his best efforts on helping them to understand Christ and Christianity and the gospel, most of them just thought this was a required drudgery and really didn't pay a lot of attention. And one time, Dr. Christensen had a special student in his class named Steve. And Steve was only a freshman, but he was planning to go to seminary and go on into full-time ministry. And, uh, and he was uh, kind of special to Dr. Christensen. He was very popular among the students. He was well-liked. The way Dr. Christensen describes him is he was an imposing physical specimen. Kind of a big muscular dude like Jason Momoa. If you don't know who that is, ask a younger woman in the congregation and they'll be able to tell you who that is. <laughs> Steve was the starting center on the football team. And uh, one day, Dr. Christensen asked him to stay after class and he said to him, Steve, how many push-ups can you do? Steve said, well, I do about 200 every night. 200? That's pretty good, Steve. Do you think you could do 300? Steve said, I don't know, I've never done 300 at a time. Well, do you think you could, the professor asked. Well, I can try, said Steve. How about can you do 300 in sets of 10? Steve said, well, I think I can. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Let me just try it. And so Dr. Christensen said, good. Well, we're going to do that this Friday. That Friday, when class started, the professor pulled out a big box of donuts. They weren't the normal kind of donuts. They were more like this over here on the screen. They were extra big and fancy and swirly with cream centers. They were just awesome. They're kind of like those donuts they sell on the donut wagon down here in Waynesboro. You know, you ever get them hot and fresh like that? Not that I ever have. I've only heard about it, but... <laughs> They probably have little bunnies on them for Easter, you know, that kind of thing. Well, everybody was pretty excited that Friday was there, and, and it was the last class of the day, and they knew Dr. Christensen would let him go a little bit early because it was a holiday weekend, and, and they were having, they knew it was some kind of party, but they didn't really know what was going on. Well, Dr. Christensen came down with this big box of donuts, and he went to the first girl, a girl named Cynthia, and he said, Cynthia, do you want one of these donuts? She said, yeah. <laughs> and he turned to Steve and said, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups for Cynthia to have a donut? Sure, Steve said. He jumped down and he did a quick 10, and then he got back up and he went back to his desk. And the professor put a donut on Cynthia's desk. Then Dr. Christensen moved along to Joe, and he said, Joe, do you want a donut? And Joe said, yes. The doctor turned to Steve and said, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so that Joe can have a donut? Steve did 10 push-ups, and Joe got a donut. And so it went. 
down the first aisle. Steve did 10 push-ups for every person who got a donut. And then down the second aisle, till he got to Scott. Scott was on the basketball team and he was a big guy too and he was in great condition. And, and so when the professor said, Scott, do you want a donut? Scott said, well, I can do my own push-ups. Dr. Christian said, no, no, Steve has to do your push-ups. And then Scott said, well, then I don't want one. And Dr. Christensen shrugged and then turned to Steve and said, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Scott can have a donut that he doesn't want? And Steve started to do 10 push-ups, but Scott jumped up. He said, hey, I said I didn't want one. Dr. Christensen said, look, this is my class, these are my desks, and these are my donuts. Just leave it on the desk if you don't want to eat it. Just leave it right there. And so he put a donut on Scott's desk. By this time, Steve was starting to slow down a little bit. Uh, he just stayed on the floor between sets because it was too much to get up and down and uh, took too much effort. And you could see perspiration starting to form on Steve's face. Dr. Christensen started down the third row. Some of the students started to get a little angry. The professor asked Jenny, Jenny, do you want a donut? And right away, Jenny said a firm, no. Steve, would you do 10 more push-ups so Jenny can have a donut that she doesn't want? And Steve did 10, and Jenny got a donut. Things were getting pretty tense. A growing sense of uneasiness filled the room. The students were beginning to say no, and there was a growing number of uneaten donuts on their desks in front of them. Steve was obviously getting really tired. He really had put in a lot of extra effort to get these push-ups done for each donut, and he was drenched with sweat, and his arms and face were wet because of all the physical effort that was involved. Dr. Christensen started down the fourth row. Now, sensing something was going on, a few students came in from other classrooms to see what was happening. And, and they came and they sat on the steps at the side of the lecture theater near the wall. Now there were 34 students in the room. The professor went on to the next person, and the next, and the next. And near the end of the row, Steve was really having a hard time. He was taking a lot longer to do each set of 10. A few moments later, Jason, a recent transfer student, came to the door and he was about to come in and everybody yelled, no, no, don't come in, stay out. Jason was confused, but Steve lifted up his head and said, no, 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 let him come in, give him a donut. Professor Christensen said, do you realize that if Jason comes in, you're going to have to do 10 push-ups for him? And Steve said, yeah, let him come in, let him have a donut. Dr. Christensen said, okay, Steve, I'll let you get Jason's out of the way right now. Jason, do you want a donut? And since Jason didn't really know what was going on, he said, sure. Steve, will you do 10 push-ups so that Jason can have a donut? Steve got down and he did 10 push-ups very slowly with a whole lot of effort. And Jason, who was bewildered, he, he didn't really know what was going on. He took the donut and he sat down on the step and just kind of looked around. 
Dr. Christensen finished the fourth row, and he started on the visitors that were seated on the stairs. And Steve's arms were now shaking with every push-up that he did, and it was a struggle to lift himself against the gravity. Sweat dripped off his face. And by this time, there was no sound except his heavy breathing. And many people in the class had tears in their eyes. The very last two students in the room were two young women. Both were cheerleaders. And they were very popular. Um, Dr. Christensen went to Linda, the second to last, and said, Linda, do you want a donut? And she shook her head and could hardly get out the words. No, no, thank you, Professor. I don't want a donut. Professor Christensen quietly asked Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so that Linda can have a donut she doesn't want? Grunting from the effort, he did 10 very slow push-ups for Linda. And then Dr. Christensen came to the last girl, Susan. Susan, do you want a donut? She couldn't even answer. She had tears flowing down her face. She started to cry, and Dr. Christensen uh, looked at her and was just paused a moment and she looked up at him and said, Dr. Christensen, why can't I help him? Dr. Christensen by this time had tears of his own in his eyes and he said, no, Steve has to do it alone. I gave him this task and he's in charge of seeing that everyone has the opportunity for a donut, whether they want it or not. He said, when I decided to do this last week, I looked at my grade book. Steve's the only student with a perfect grade. Everyone else has a failed test, a skipped class, or has offered inferior work. Steve told me that when a, a player messes up in football practice, he has to do push-ups. And so I, I told Steve that none of you could come to my party unless he paid the price by doing push-ups. He and I made a deal for you. Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Susan can have a donut? And as Steve finished the last push-up, knowing that he was done with the task, he had just finished 350 push-ups, his arms buckled and he fell to the floor. There was silence. Dr. Christensen turned to the room and he said, and so it was that our Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross said to the Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He did that with the understanding that he had done everything that was required of him. He gave up his life and sadly, like many of those students, we leave it uneaten on the table. We don't take it in. Two students got up and they helped Steve up off the floor and they, they got him into a seat. He was physically exhausted, but he had a smile. And the professor looked at him and said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Jesus lived the only perfect life. He went to the cross bearing the heavy cost of our sin. Not so that we could have a donut, but that we could have eternal life. That's what the resurrection 
is all about. Not only did God demonstrate his power and show that Jesus really was the Son of God, he did that by raising him on the third day. Jesus became the first to be resurrected after death. And through the grace and the mercy of God and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, you have been given an opportunity to have all your sin forgiven, to have a relationship with God restored, and to have the promise of life forever. Now, whether you choose to accept the gift or not, the price has already been paid. Wouldn't it be kind of foolish to leave that laying there on the table? The Gospels tell us that each of the disciples began to encounter Jesus on Easter, and within a day anyway, and Jesus just spoke to them and things happened and, and they saw Jesus and they experienced the resurrection for themselves and they believed. Each believed the joy of Easter. The Savior was not dead. He lived, and he lives, and he can live in your heart and be very present in your life, in this life, and be with you in the next. The disciples, they thought the words of the women who first witnessed the resurrection were nonsense. That's what it says here. They, they thought the words were nonsense until they experienced the resurrection of Jesus for themselves. Maybe you've thought sometimes that Easter is nonsense. But if you listen to your heart, if you listen carefully, you'll hear the voice of God calling. He's calling out. He's speaking to you. And if you believe in him and if you receive Jesus, you will experience life eternal. That's what Jesus died for. That's why Jesus was raised on the third day, that firstborn, that first fruits of resurrection, so that we could have this gift and receive it. Would you pray with me as we finish? Father, we sense your presence and we open our hearts. I ask you to speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Touch every heart. Reveal yourself to each person. Lord, spark belief so that we can receive you. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, paying the price so that I can have eternal life. Forgive my sin. I believe that you rose on the third day as the proof of God's power and the promise that I can live forever. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Lead me and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Now, I hope your Easter is filled with joy and lots of Jesus and maybe a little of the fun stuff on the side, too. <clears throat> but that Jesus is the center. If you have questions, if you want to talk, please don't hesitate to talk to me.